listening to Journeys, a bite-sized podcast produced by Kama DC. Kama is a nonprofit that provides a platform for immigrants in the DMV area to share their stories, skills, and experiences. I'm your host, Halla Flynn, and today's guest is Galara Hagtaleb. Galara is an author who recently published her first book titled Immigrant Courage Required. Her book takes readers through a day in her life at the start of the global pandemic in 2020. Throughout the story, she immerses readers in flashbacks to her journey from her home country of Iran to the life that she has built here in Washington, D.C. Hi, everybody. My name is Galara Hakalab, and I am so happy to be here. Thanks, Hala, for having me. Um, I came to the U.S. in 2011 after winning a diversity visa lottery, and today I enjoy living in D.C. right above the Catholic University. Thank you so much for being on our show. Thanks, Hala. I'm going to read a portion of a chapter called Swallowbirds. And um, it is swallowbirds because they are the long, like migrants of the world, in my opinion, very strong birds. Here we go. All I remember from my native languages feels like a dream that feigns day by day like a bird flying away in the sky until it becomes a faint dot on the horizon. Swallows, birds, airplanes, immigration, hell, and English were the words swirling in my mind when my thoughts finally got back to my chair in front of my work laptop and into my burning body. I was hot and had a headache. I wanted more coffee while I knew water was what I needed. I should stand up and take a break, but I continued to sit on the chair. Finally, I felt alone in my frustration, my loneliness, my inability to write well in English and started a loud cry. I held my head between my hands and I cried so hard, my lips felt numb. Change is often inevitable and forces us to decide to let go of everything that is known and dear to us. Sometimes by immigrating, we lose everything to gain more in life, but really, what did we achieve? Was it worth it? For all of us migrants of the earth, deciding to leave our home country perhaps has been one of the most challenging decisions to make. Immigrating, for me at least, has been the most incredible leap of faith my family has ever taken. For the former chatterbox that I was, losing my language and vocabulary was the first crease created on the mirror of my identity caused by immigration. In the early days after we arrived in the US, I was feeling depressed because I could no longer talk or hold a normal conversation. After all, what was the point of talking when I could not express my feelings? Maybe one person could understand my feelings back then, the little mermaid from under the sea. But as we all remember, she let go of her voice for a pair of legs to walk the path of opportunity. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. I, um, I think it's so remarkable that you are published. I mean, to be published in your first language is its own achievement, but you have published a book in your third language, which is huge. Um, how, yeah. Um, and, and not just like publishing anything, you publish something that was like really packed with imagery and metaphors and things that people who are native English speakers um, would be proud to have written. Wow, thank you. I appreciate that. 
Yeah, I mean it. I, I think of, um, yeah, I just, a lot of your imagery just has been living in my head since I read your book and it's been great. Um, how has the reception to your book been so far? Um, so far, so good. Um, I think that people like the book based on the reviews and um, like messages that I receive. Mostly, I realized that people like the beginning of the book where I talk about my past back in Iran, my childhood, how I made it here to the US, which is a little surprising to me because um, I personally love the last parts that are more like philosophical and complex. And, and uh, I kind of would have loved people to like made any, com any comments <laughs> about those last chapters, but overall uh, reception was positive and, and um, just hearing what others had to say has been always interesting to me. Yeah, there will always be like as many opinions as there are people, obviously. So exactly. I think that's yes. part of the um, the risk of being a writer, of putting your ideas out into the world is that, you know, it came from somewhere inside you. And so then to have people react to that always feels very personal. Yes. And luckily for me, that was um, one of like, it, it all went so far, the re reception has been positive. But definitely when I was putting this book out before publication, um, I had the fear of reception, opinions, like this is part of me. What if I put it out there? Uh, what if no one loves it? What if I hear a very harsh criticism, especially because I um, limited the edit on the content of this book to minimum? Uh, as I wanted this book to be the work of an immigrant, mm. written in an immigrant version of English. Somebody who hasn't, you know, wasn't born and raised in the U.S. wrote this book, and this is how she writes. So um, I, I, that was very stressful, but so far, so good. Nothing. Yeah. Um, can you take me through kind of the, the short version of how you came to publish it? I think there was a book in me uh, for, for however long I remember, you know, but I never thought I would publish it at this time, at this age, um, uh, during the pand global pandemic, but somehow a few events kind of came together and it resulted in me to collect my former writings and start writing more. Somehow, as I started writing more, a few months in, I learned about a um, story writing book at uh, a local university in DC. And from there, I was able to finish up a first manuscript. And once I was done with that, um, the professor who was teaching the class was like, do you want to get it published? Here, we have some connections with like community-based um, you know, publishers, including New Degree Press, which is a DC-based publisher. And from there, we, you know, went on, I submitted it. It was super scary, received interesting feedback, very, very, very um, um, interesting and harsh and hard. <laughs> but uh, there was a little bit of a hope where people, uh, where, where the publisher loved the stories and I went to rewrite and craft each story from scratch again, and here we are with the book. 
um, it got yeah it got published last August. So you wrote this book during the pandemic. Yes, and it also gives a chronology of what a whole day was like. Yes, during isolation. In the intro, you talk about how writing during that time helped you. Um, I think the phrase was untie some psychological knots. Yes. What does that mean? How did you come to writing as an emotional release? That's a very good question. I would say that uh, I didn't decide to use writing for with that for that goal to achieve emotional, you know, so untie my psychological uh, knots. But somehow I was naturally drawn to reflecting and reflection. I was drawn to think more about what happened in the past because at the same time I was questioning who I am, what I'm doing, what's my purpose. And as I started thinking more about the past, somehow I wanted to document them so that I remember them in the future. That's how the writing process got started. It is also funny because during the same time I was doing this master's program, it's um, a version of applied behavioral science, but mostly within organizations. But that, at its core, it says in order to make a change, you need to know who you are and then use yourself as an instrument for change. And this book to me is a book about change and transition. And it is a personal story. So in order to know myself, I was reflecting back. In order to document those reflection, I started writing. And from there, writing became a tool for um, healing. Hmm. How do you feel like your sense of self changed because of the process? Did you learn things about yourself on the way? It was not an easy process. <laughs> Emotionally, it was a difficult process because you have to, I had to sit down with myself and say, listen, as you reflect more, you are going to see things about yourself and realize uh, part of you are not as great. And you have to be okay with that. So yes, I found things that I did not like about myself. And sometimes I found out that um, myself and my projections are way far from each other. Or in some scenarios in the past, they have been, which resulted in like ABC. So when a realization like that came up, first, I had to overcome, you know, the challenge of accepting who I was. And then see if I still have those tendencies and decide to course correct. I want to, do I want to keep this? Do I want to drop this? How bad is it? How good is it? So you do a pros and cons per each of these findings and you decide what you want to do next. And writing a book helped me to figure out multiple of those things. Once I processed it, I changed, became a different person. That sounds like a lot of emotional labor. Yes but still kind of a labor of love, right? Like you- yes. Self-love. Yeah, you got more drawn to yourself during the process. Yeah, and I want to point out one thing that it, this is true 
um, that I wrote this book and as a you know side byproduct, I got to process some of my emotions. But I wanted to always um, think of the person who's reading it. So yes, I can all go to a therapist and process my emotions, but is this valuable to somebody else? Will this help writing this story? Will help somebody else kind of resonate with it and think for themselves, what can they do to change, you know, whatever they want to change in their life? Did you ever feel like your desire to um, connect with people or provide value through this book put pressure on yourself of, of like what you shared, what you created, how you put it out there? No, I just knew that if I want to put this out to try to help others, I should be very authentic. Yeah. And um, again, the, the, that brings up my second fear. Like, will my authenticity be something that people will be able to resonate with? Or, you know, will I touch anybody by writing this book? Um, and somebody told me, you won't touch everyone. You won't, uh, you know, uh, you know, connect with everybody, but you will connect with the people who need that connection or have some sort of similar experiences in the past. And you are not going to be able to say who that person uh, is going to be necessarily. Yeah, it will definitely surprise you. Exactly. Just like any other project, you want to know who you're writing for. You have an audience, you know, but once you decide to write it, you just write it. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. Yeah, that sounds um, very healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you think that way. Yeah. Well, speaking of community, um, and thinking about who your audience is, I imagine that you thought about how other immigrants would feel connected to this book, whether or not they're from the same community or culture that you're from, or whether their journey mirrors yours. Mm -hmm. But what you set out to do was center the voices of immigrants just by putting your story out there. And I know that um, that's a very vulnerable thing to do, especially when you're trying to be really authentic. So what advice would you give to other immigrants who might feel like they also have a book within them or they have a story within them, but they're kind of feeling on the fence about whether to share their experience or, or even how to do it? I don't know. Advice sounds like I'm somebody. I don't think I'm like somebody. You are like somebody. <laughs> I feel like I'm a member of the community. Um, you are, and that makes you somebody. <laughs> thank you. So one thing I can tell fellow immigrants is that just I can share why I wrote this book. I wrote this book to add to the voice of immigrants in the U.S. because I realized there are not um, many of us out there talking about our experience. And my experience is only one of a very diverse set of immigrant experiences. In a way, mine might be simpler, easier, even more privileged in comparison to war refugees, et cetera, et cetera. All I want to ask other immigrants who definitely have a book in them is to just write and put it out there 
because that will help other immigrants feel like they are not alone. And don't edit your books to be perfectly um, written <laughs> or grammatically amazing because seeing that you wrote it in your own like uh, you know way the way you learn english at whatever step of your journey you are will help somebody else to feel more empowered to share their story and collectively will have a louder bigger voice and that will make us maybe stronger together beautifully said i think that's all i can say I think that's great, given that we are now on the beginning of year three that is largely characterized by isolation. I think bringing it back to it, it helps other people feel less alone is huge. Is there anything that you, like being on this side of a published book um, and on this side of the, the journey that you wrote about within it, mm -hmm. is there anything that you know now that you wish you had heard then? I think one thing that I'm realizing is that, yes, I had this community as yes, I wrote this book, but I wish somebody would have told me that once you write this book, it is immediately history. Mm -hmm. Don't think that you have to be perfect <laughs> or write perfectly or pick the perfect story because it's just, as soon as it's published, it's something that happened in the past and you can learn from it and write your next book with that experience because first books can be stressful so much and as if it's that's it like end all be all but the truth is first book you publish and doesn't always hit the bestseller list <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a very chill process afterwards I think it, your comment about writing history made me think of one time I attended a lecture at the National Museum of Women in the Arts, and it was about like the history of women historians and how there are no, there are so few history books or like perspectives throughout history, like pre-industrial revolution that include women's perspectives because in cultures from every hemisphere, women were not encouraged to read or write, um, were not given the tools to do so. And, and so their perspectives are missing from so much of every culture. So just by doing something like putting pen to paper, you are contributing history. <laughs> That's a very interesting way of looking at it. I love the lens that you brought in, Hala. And it reminds me of a poem in the book called Woman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does exact same thing. And, and it's a pretty controversial a little bit towards the end. So I'll spare everybody that. You can read it. <laughs> yeah, if anybody <laughs> wants to hear what she's talking about, they can read it. Um, do you want to say anything about where the book is sold? Yes, I think in DC, um, Lost City Books, Adams Morgan um, carried my book. If you're not in DC, if you're not interested in walking into a bookstore at this point with COVID cases rising, you can always buy it on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. 
This was fun. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, totally. I'm so glad that um, we got to talk and that I got to read your book and um, that other people will too. Thanks so much to Galara for being on our show and to our listeners for tuning in. For more stories like this one, subscribe to the Journeys podcast to hear new episodes every Friday. For storytelling nights and classes taught by immigrants in the DMV, visit commadc.org or follow us on Instagram at comma.dc.